0: Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is behind the steel curtain editor Dave Schofield coming at you again on a Thursday morning. Yes, it's me. I'm back, man. I really want to thank Jeff Harbin for filling in last Thursday. Oh my, it was Wednesday a really, really rough day for me? I was, I was so sick. I had no energy, cold chills, sweats. Um, just didn't seem to really even know where I was, and I, I was—I kept falling asleep. Couldn't figure out um, what I was going to do to compile my numbers and how I was going to record the the episode. And um, as soon as Jeff said, "You know, I, I got this. I'll get it for you. Don't don't worry about it. You're you're just too sick to handle it," I said, "Thanks," and I went to bed. And that was like not even seven o'clock at night, and I went to bed for the night. It was crazy. I really appreciate Jeff for filling in for me. It took me days to get back to normal, but still got a little bit of a tickle in my throat every once in a while where I have to stop and cough. But uh, other than that, I'm pretty much back to normal. Well, as normal as I can be, I guess. I don't know. I don't know if any of us numbers guys are all that normal, but that's a whole different subject, but uh, it's the bye week. We are here. It is basically the halfway point for the season for the Steelers because eight games in, nine games to go. They'll have uh, a week down. Now, I say another week of practice because the Steelers, they practiced until yesterday, Wednesday, um, and then they are out for four days. They will come back and have a bonus practice on Monday. Um I think Monday is the day they have a bonus practice, and then they're off Tuesday, and then back into a regular uh, routine of the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That's when we'll get injury reports and all that good stuff. So, uh, yeah, this is just kind of rolling along. Now, there's been a lot that's that's happened since the, the, the last time I spoke to you all, since it's been two weeks. I really appreciate Jeff Hartman stepping up and – and making sure that the that the Zebra technology stat was was taken care of, I was really happy to. I didn't say anything to him. He just did it because you know we we both get the the same information about that. So I'm glad he had it and he rolled with it. So uh, I'll go ahead and do this week's, but, but it, it's it's not good. Um, see, Jeff, I'm glad Jeff steered away from this last week. I'm kind of glad he did because if someone from the Steelers isn't on there. Chances are there's someone from the Steelers opponent that's on there. So he didn't do that one from last week, which was good. But this week all they've all I've got is a stat from the Eagles. And it's of course it's AJ Brown. Um and, and I'll probably include this information as well when um Um, You should be seeing that in the uh, Steelers Vertex coming out this week. And it was that uh, A.J. Brown caught three touchdowns on Sunday, putting up a final stat line of six catches on 11 targets for 156 yards. All three of Brown's touchdowns came on go routes, becoming the only wide receiver with three go-route touchdowns in a single game over the last five seasons. Brown's most improbable TD catch was his third, checking in at 24% completion probability as Brown had 0.7 yards of separation at the time of the catch. Incredibly, Brown pulled all of this off despite averaging the third least yards of separation this week, only 1.7 yards. So in other words, the Steelers were staying on A.J. Brown. He was just making plays. That's what that stat says. Um, let's go back and look at some of these numbers. Um, because yeah, the 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 AJ Brown thing that that that's bad. You know, he had as many touchdowns as George Pickens had official targets. Yikes. Uh, that's not good. The Steelers, one of the things with this loss, I did an article on Wednesday for the website. It was something I talked about on the Scobro show Tuesday night, and you know, just reminiscing and stuff and thinking about um pittsburgh and philadelphia and then i'm like oh well they were the steagles back in 43 what happened if they were the steagles this year and it was really kind of disheartening i went through and basically ran numbers and everything else man only like eight out of 24 starters on offensive defense i gave an extra uh, an extra wide receiver slash tight end on offense and an extra cornerback on defense um but i only had eight out of the 24 starters would be from the steelers that means that Two-thirds of the roster was Philly. One-third was the Steelers. It just goes to show that that that, that team's got a better roster right now. Right now. Right now. But that's the thing. Players can get better. Um, Players can improve. Some players might be struggling on some teams. And, you know, I I even – I'm like, do I count T.J. Watt? Do I not? Well, I figured out that whether it was T.J. Watt or Alex Alex Highsmith, one of them could have been a starter – um, you know, it it would definitely be TJ if TJ's there. But even if it wasn't TJ, Heisman still would have been able to to grab one of those spots. So that's why I'm like, well, count it as one spot either way. But, but man, th- there's opportunities for, for some players to, to to really step up and take off in the second half. I really hope they can because the numbers are going to show later that uh, the, the Steelers, they got a pretty low bar right now. Pretty low bar with the numbers that they've put up so far to where it comes to improving. Let's, but... I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's go ahead and and finish up looking at last week's game, the Steelers. In, in order to, to to beat a lineup like that in Philadelphia, that's where I was going. Um, that, that's just got a strong roster. You you've got to come out on top on the on the turnovers, and the Steelers didn't. And the reason the Steelers didn't is because that's what Philly has done all year Philly has constantly won the turnover battle. They uh they won it by by two. They had two takeaways, the Steelers had none. So that means Philly is now up to to plus 14 for the for the year. The Steelers were minus 2 for the game. But the other thing is there were some numbers that if you look at just the numbers they looked good for the Steelers, but they were very deceptive. Very deceptive. Like, for example, the Steelers rushed for more yards than they had all season. They had 144 rushing yards, but when the Steelers needed yards, when they needed rushing yards, especially in the first half, couldn't get them. Couldn't get them. You know, a lot of lot of one yard carries, things of that nature. The fact that they were able to bust some out in the second half, when the game was more—I mean, was it more? It was two scores or more? Isn't isn't really it's nice to know that you could get the yards, but it's almost like Philly was willing to give those yards. What you want to be able to do is get those yards when they're trying to stop those yards. And the Steelers were not successful with that. My goodness, the Steelers crushed in the time of possession. They had they had the ball eight and a half minutes more than Philly, but that's because they were letting them Philly score so quickly was part of the problem. And then once again, the Steelers, would, would, when they would have some nice longer drives, but they couldn't finish them off with touchdowns. I mean, the only drive they could finish off with a touchdown, they already had the field goal team on the field and a penalty um, shortened it up. So therefore they went forward on fourth down. Other than that, they wouldn't have had any touchdowns. No touchdowns. So that's, that's a little bit um, deceiving. Here's another one that's deceiving the Steelers actually had one more first down than the Eagles. And when you think about touchdowns being first downs, that's, that's not really, you know, that, that's crazy that they had that, you know, cause they got outscored. What was it? Uh, five touchdowns to one. So that right there, there's an, there's a plus four to Philly just on the touchdowns, but then the Steelers had one more first down than they did. So uh, with when it came to moving the ball, but when you get, yards in chunk plays, you can move the ball without taking a bunch of first downs to do it. Um, The Eagles took one snap in the red zone the whole game, and it was an 11-yard touchdown run. I mean, it it, it was just not good. The Steelers were sloppy. They had nine penalties, but I'm sorry, I don't agree with Mike Tomlin that if the offense would just clean up the penalties, they'd be fine. No, they weren't fine. You didn't have penalties on the first drive of the game when you lost seven yards and had to punt. That's not fine. And it had nothing to do with penalties. Okay. Um, the Steelers gave up 11 quarterback hits, um, six sacks. It was just, it was not good. The Steelers only had one third down conversion. Uh, they were, you know, they were one for 12, one for eight, 8%. Whew. That's just, just uh, a little bit cringeworthy, I'd have to say. But you know what? I am kind of done talking about the game from this past week, because kind of like I said, after the Buffalo game that I said on the show, I'm like the Steelers can't go back and unsuck against the bills. And you know what? They can't go back and unsuck against the Eagles, but the Steelers, man, they had to play both the bills and the Eagles between those two teams. They have one loss between them. Their record is 13 and one combined between Buffalo and Philly. They're both, leading their respective conferences right now where they're both the number one seeds. The Pittsburgh Steelers are the only team that's played both of those teams this year so far. So far. And they had to play them both on the road. I mean, did you want the team to play better, but really did did uh, is there any way you expected them, knowing what you know about those teams right now, to win those games? Because if they do, they're a Super Bowl contender. If the Steelers win both of those games, the one against Philly, the one against Buffalo, against the teams that are doing so well right now, then they're they're a Super Bowl contender. I'm sorry, I don't believe right now that this roster is a Super Bowl contending roster. It it just isn't. So that was a huge task. You just wish that they would have been a little bit more up to the task than they ended up being in those games because what was the combined score? That's right, 70-16 to in those two games. That's still you know, who cares if those are your two Super Bowl front runners that's still not anywhere close to the same level that's 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 getting beat down so all right, there's something else I want to do before we take a break here, and that's this sorry every once in a while I'll try to keep from having a coughing fit, and that is i I did a breakdown on the website for Wednesday of the of the of the financials from the Steelers two trades. And that's part of the reason why the Steelers want to move forward. Okay. you, you the Steelers decided they're deeper at wide receiver. They can get a second round pick next year for Chase Claypool. Likely that pick's going to be a higher pick than what they even used to on Chase Claypool, which was a 40, which was the 49th overall, um, depending on how Chicago's season finishes out. And the Steelers think that they it's not a, you know, I talk about this all the time. Okay. C O R. You could say C A R. You could say above or, or, or over. I'll say over cost over replacement for cost above replacement. What are you gaining and how much more money does it cost? Or what are you having to give up versus what would be the next player in line to have to play that position then? you know t j Watt that is huge on the Steelers, obviously you know you're not talking about the money to replace them or just even the output. what's going on with that player, and then what would be there to replace them so the Steelers felt like they could they could they, that they could replace Claypool for the remainder of this season that it was worth the second round pick for next season and then I was like, oh, see the Steelers are the Steelers are mailing it in. No, they weren't the Steelers then went out. Didn't even lose a draft pick, swapped a conditional six for a conditional seventh for William Jackson the third cornerback, William Jackson the third, and they were you know conditional six, conditional seventh in twenty twenty five. They didn't lose draft capital; they just changed where the picks were. And William Jackson the third, former first round draft pick, selected right before the the Steelers took Artie Burns, and it is widely believed that that was the Steelers' pick if the Bengals wouldn't have snagged him. Now he's coming into Pittsburgh. Here's something interesting about, about the William Jackson the third thing. I someone I think it was Matty Peverell brought this up about uh the, the Steelers, you know, uh maybe they should make a move for William Jackson the third. I think he said it a week or so or more ago. So tip of the hat to Maddie P. Um and I'm like, I don't know if the Steelers are the right fit for him. They're like well, said, I'm like, well, he doesn't like how much zone they run in Washington. And I'm like, is he gonna be happy in Pittsburgh? Because I know how the Steelers are in third down in their zone and stuff like that. But I don't really know how that compares to the rest of the NFL. I am not, like I say, the further you get away from where the football is snapped, the less, the, 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 my knowledge decreases. I'm not a secondary guy. I'm not a wide receiver guy. I'm an offensive and defensive line guy. That's what I coached. All right. So, so I don't always necessarily like, I can see that they're in man or see if they're in zone. A lot of times based on where the boss there, I'm like, Oh, they threw that zone beater. That's that 15 to 20 yards. Right along the sidelines pass. That's that's that zone zone beater pass if you can if you can hold out long enough to then make the play. Um, and seeing that's the thing that the Steelers haven't in the past had to worry about because they'd get more pressure on the quarterback, but that's a whole different subject. So trying to get back to this. I wasn't sure if the Steelers were the right fit. Then I had to look it up whenever they made this move. I'm like, well, really? Was this good for for him? Is this gonna help the Steelers? Here's the deal. Yes, William Jackson III, the problem was he was not a zone corner, and Washington runs almost more zone than anybody in the NFL. Here's what's interesting when I found this out. I was looking at it. I got to find it. This is according to PFF. According to PFF, the Steelers have played man coverage on 186 snaps this season, the fifth most among teams. So the Steelers had the fifth, you know, that played the fifth most amount of snaps in man coverage on defense. Okay, if that's what they're doing, now this makes a lot of sense. And here's the numbers that go with it when it comes to salary. This was what I did for the website today, and I wanted to go over. Okay, first of all, I, I, I ran some down with with Chase Claypool. The Steelers do have a dead money hit with Chase Claypool next year. It's the last year of what would have been his prorated bonus. Um, and it's uh, $593,025. That's a dead money hit for next year. Um, that's just what they had. But the Steelers are actually having a cap savings of this year of $673,062, meaning that's how much more salary Chase Claypool's getting this year that, this, that now will be paid by the Bears and not the Steelers. So um, that's kind of money coming off the books. So then the money going on to books is William Jackson III. But his signing bonuses, stuff like and, and that, that, any money, any dollar that's already been paid has been paid. The Steelers don't owe him any of that. So what the Steelers owe William Jackson III for the rest of this season is 3105903 $3,105,903 that's it. That's between um, the, the prorated amount left of his $5 million salary. And he had a per game roster bonus that totaled $750,000. I, I didn't, I, I had to go back and clarify that in the article that it wasn't per game. It was $750,000 total for all the games. So that the Steelers still have to pay that. And that's how of the games that are remaining. And that's how you get to that 3 million. now. What's bad, and I say bad, is looking at next year. Next year, Jackson has a base salary of $9.25 million. A roster bonus of $2.5 million kicks in like right at the beginning of the league year, or like the third day or something like that. Um, once again, the $750,000 in per game roster bonuses and $250,000 in workout bonuses. So that's what he has which totals up to $12.75 million paid and salary cap number for the Steelers in 2023. That's big. But I'll be honest with you, the Steelers, after nine games, say, thank you, Mr. Jackson, um, not for that amount. That's what they can do. They can They can try to renegotiate a deal before the start of the league year. They could choose to release him and then maybe sign him back or just let him go. But they would be they would owe him zero dollars, zero dollars for next year. They are not on the on the hook for anything. You know, even even Washington. Owes, you know, not owes him, but still has to account for $9 million of salary cap for him next year because they had two void years on his contract. So of his $15 million signing bonus, they were only, you know, count it was only counting three million dollars a year for five years. And technically next year is year three, and then the two void years were year four and five. They all come due next year. That's the nine million dollars that that they have on their salary cap him for next year. So the Steelers. It's it's a low risk. You get them for half a season, see if it fits, then you go from there. So that's the number with those things. My goodness, I'm already over my time and it, for the first half, and I have so much to do in the second half because we are going to break down all the numbers, the typical ranks, and I went into some other numbers as well for both offense and defense, where the Steelers stand at their bye week um maybe a couple places that hey this isn't so bad maybe they can keep this up uh yeah there's only well, oh, I don't even know if i mean less than a handful of those kind of stats but it's in other words it's it's where the steelers are so far this year hopefully the only direction they can go is at, up and we're going to break it down from a number standpoint so stick around we'll be right back after this when the phone- Pittsburgh Steeler fans, thanks for sticking with me through those commercials. No idea what they were for. Hopefully you enjoyed them or do what I do and fast forward. All right. (laughs) Sorry, I shouldn't say that. But it's true. It's true. All right. Uh, Let's go offense first. I'm going to give you the typical numbers. Normally, I would run down the Steelers and their opponent. There is no opponent this week. So really, the Steelers' only opponent this week really is themselves. So um, let's see where the Steelers rank. I I had to do these per game. You just have to, because now there's a big chunk of the league that's only played seven games and a big, you know, and then the majority, not total majority, but um, I mean, it's a majority, but not overwhelming majority, I guess you should say, of teams that have played eight games. So you you can't compare them that way. So I've did it all by per game. Um, it's, It's just what I do. So now some of these I just did as a running total, but when I ranked them, I had to do it by per game total. I think you all understand how that would work. So Points. This is offense. We'll go offense first. Points. 15 points a game. That's right, people. 15 points a game. Let that sink in. 15 points a game. Not that they have a bad game where they only score 15 points. That is their average. That is, no surprise, 32nd in the NFL. There's nowhere to go rank-wise but up come on Steelers start putting some points on the board yardage so overall defense yardage wise 298.8 yards per game that's 28th in the NFL rushing yards per game um The Steelers are only averaging uh, 94.9 yards rushing the ball. That's 25th in the NFL. And passing the ball, they're averaging 203.9 yards per game. That is 24th in the NFL. So, wow, the best rank of anything of those major stats on offense is 24th. Yikes. Here we go. Let's keep rolling on to some other offensive stats. The Steelers have thrown 10 interceptions this year. That is tied for 31st, which is actually last. Um, with new England, they've thrown 10 as well. Um, no one else has thrown more than that. Uh, TD passes. The Steelers have thrown six touchdown passes that is tied for 30th with two other teams, which yes, that is also last. No one's below them. Okay. Sacked. The Steelers have been sacked 21 times. That is tied for the 25th worst in the NFL. Okay. Now here's here. Here's one might be the best, well, sorry, I will tell you, it's the second best stat for the offense, okay? Passing completion percentage. The Steelers have completed 65.1% of their passes. That is 14th in the NFL. Yay! Now that's, that's deceptive. Because I'm going to throw another stat out there to kind of explain it. Well, how can they be, how can they be like, 24th in passing yards and stuff, but 14th in completion percentage. How about this? How about yards per passing attempt? The Steelers are 5.5 yards per passing attempt. That's 32nd in the NFL. They are by themselves in last. Nowhere to go but up. But they're they're just not getting the yardage with their passes. Whew. So even the even one that looked good when you really look at the reasoning behind it, still not good. All right, let's look at a couple of rushing things here. Um, how about um, um, yards per per attempt when it comes to rushing? The Steelers, they, have, they rush for 4.0 yards per attempt. That is 27th in the NFL. The Steelers have four rushing touchdowns on the season. That is tied for 27th in the NFL. The Steelers have 14 turnovers this year so far. That is tied, not tied, sorry. That is 29th in the NFL. The Steelers' time of possession is 30 minutes and two seconds on average per game, which you're like, oh, that sounds like, remember they had an overtime game in there. So no, it is not more than that. And remember, time of possession doesn't necessarily mean a good thing. We saw that in the first half. We saw that against the Eagles. Didn't matter how much they possessed the ball more if you're not putting points on the board. Okay, but that's 21st in the NFL. Just put it out there. Here you go, the Steelers' third down conversion percentage, thirty three point six percent. That is twenty eighth in the NFL. That's not good. Thirty three point six. That's basically one out of three third downs. Not good. I will tell you this. No, you know I'll wait till we get to the defense for that one. Um, but here you go. This is the this is the stat. If there's one thing that the Steelers are one of the best at in the league. It's fourth down conversion percentage. The Steelers are 72.7%. That is tied for second. And in case you're wondering, fourth down conversion percentages are way higher than third down conversion percentages because you're only choosing to go for it on fourth down if you really are in a makeable down, you know, well, down a distance, a makeable distance. You already know the down, it's fourth. Or if you're in a desperate situation, then yes, it might be fourth and 27, but. You have no timeouts and there's 48 seconds left in the game, you know, uh, other than that. So the Steelers, yeah, they're, they're up there. They're converting their fourth downs. Um, when they go for them, the Steelers have 18 or they average 18.4 first downs every game. That's 24th in the NFL. That's the offensive numbers. Whew. The other, you, you throw out the fourth down conversion. The only thing that even looks somewhat acceptable is the pass completion percentage. But when you couple that with the yards per attempt, it it, it, it basically cancels out. Take those things out of there, and the best thing you got from the Steelers is twenty first in time of possession. You know, twenty fourth in passing yards, twenty fourth in first downs. The Steelers are not at a good place, specifically offensively. They really have, it's not like there's nowhere to go but up, but they have set the bar low that they can really build on these numbers. They can make huge improvements. It's like <laughs> the one guy that I uh, threw shot put with in college, shot put, hammer, discus, we, we were throwing it off. Um, he was also a bodybuilder. And I couldn't believe him. Like, what is with all the junk you're eating right now? He's like, "Oh, I got to put on a bunch of weight in the next two weeks." I'm like, "Really? Why?" I'm, he's like, "What's going on?" He's like, "I need good before photos. No joke." He stopped. He basically stopped working out and just was lazy and ate a bunch of food to have to have as bad before photos as he could, to then work out like crazy, drop the weight, and have and have great after photos. Wow. Okay. Now, I'm not saying that the Steelers were doing this on purpose, but they've really set themselves up with some good, good before photos. They really have. Now, let's see. So, in other words, to show an even bigger improvement, hopefully that's what they can do. Let's look at the defense. I hope you appreciate that analogy. Look at the defense. All right. Points. Steelers are giving up 24.6 points per game, 24th in the NFL. Yards. They're giving up 395.1 yards per game. That's 29th in the NFL rushing yards. They're giving up 117.9 yards per game. That is 16th to the NFL middle of the road. That's the best you got. People is actually the rushing defense is in the middle Pass defense, 277.3 yards per game. 31st. Yeah. Ooh. All right. So now getting in. So those are the four big ones. Now let's get into the, I'm doing basically Almost the same stats. There's a couple of these stats for the defense that I didn't get for the offense. Um, Interceptions. The Steelers have eight interceptions. That's tied for sixth in the NFL. Not bad. But, you know, a lot of those came that first week. Touchdown passes. They've surrendered 17 touchdown passes. That's 30th in the NFL. Yikes. Sacks. They've sacked the quarterback 15 times. That's tied for 23rd. This coming from the team that had been number one in the NFL for years and years. You know, Hopefully, maybe TJ Watt can 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 help with that a little bit. But that's to see that much of a drop um, from one year to the next, even knowing that TJ Watt's not there. That that hurts. Um, the are their opponents passing com, passing completion percentage sixty one point three percent. That's only seventh in the NFL. I mean, that's 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 not bad either. So they're not completing a lot, a high percentage of their passes but they're giving up a lot of passing yards and they're giving up a lot of passing touchdowns. So what does that tell you? What does that tell you numbers-wise? When they are giving up passes, they're giving up big plays. They're giving up big plays. But, I mean, when you give up a 98-yard touchdown pass, that's the kind of stuff that I'm talking about. That's one completion, and that's a ton of yards, and that's a touchdown. So that's the thing that the Steelers need to cut down on. Are the, are the big pass plays because there's they they're that's the thing with defense. You could make the stop. You could come out and make a great play on first down and make a stop. You know, no gain or negative yards. Great play on second down, no gain or negative yards. And then third down, give up everything. Two, you know, don't want to go all meatloaf on you. You know, two out of three ain't bad. But that's not the way defense works. you got to do a play in and play out. All right, let's look at the rushing defense. Um, the Steelers are giving up 4.2 yards per rush, or no, you know, yards per rushing attempt. That's 12th in the NFL. Uh, they've given up five rushing touchdowns. That's tied for eighth. Yeah, that's up there. Pretty good. They're not giving up a bunch of rushing touchdowns because teams are hitting them with the pass. And I didn't say this before. I am going to I didn't bring it up on a different show. I'm going to bring it up now just because it's in my mind. And that is this. The Steelers, I I think you could you could look at the Philadelphia game as a snapshot of some of their problems. What did Philly do? What did the Steelers do when it comes to defense? They like to go bend but don't break. You know, you give up the yards, give up the yards, and when they have less of the field that they have to defend, they can defend it better and hold to the field goal. You know what Philly did? They didn't they didn't compress it down. They went for the strike when they had more yards to get there. When the Steelers only have to defend the last 10 yards before the goal line, it's easier for them to defend. So Philly took their shot of going to the goal line from 30, you know, from, from 25 to, to 40 yards away. If you think about it, that's pretty smart. Because if this if the Steelers can't defend that distance downfield, then then still give yourself that much distance. And the same thing when it comes to Steelers, they're the only team that doesn't have a touchdown outside of the red zone this year. They don't. They, they, well, an offensive one could, it doesn't count when it's a when it's a pick six like of Fitzpatrick had in week one. So when. The Steelers can move the ball, and we keep talking about, oh, they move the ball, but they can't finish off with touchdowns. Well, that's because they get down and they compress the field so much by just trying to inch closer to the goal line that then the defense has less of the field to defend, and they can defend it better. It's, I mean, it's it's kind of the same philosophy of what the Steelers' defense is trying to do. So the offense needs to start attacking the end zone before you get inside the 10-yard line. Attack the end zone from further out. That's what Philly was doing against the Steelers, and it worked. And that's what the Steelers aren't doing against anybody, if you think about it. And they're not scoring points. So that's something to think of going away. So that's my little TED talk to the side. All right, now i got to get back to where, where I was. So we did rushing touchdowns. Okay, takeaways, 10 for the Steelers. Tied, 15th. Oh, they don't do defensive time of possession, which is kind of frustrating. This, all these numbers come from pro football reference, by the way. Third down conversion percentage, the Steelers give up 43.4% of third downs. And, you know, someone like Jeff Hartman, who likes to set the standard at 50, would be like, that's great. No, that's tied for 27th. Jeff, you listen to the show every week. Stop making your standard 50% for third down. That's the wrong number. You want to know what their number is? You want to know what's right around 16th for both offensive, both defensive? 40%. What's good for an offense is to go over 40% on third down. And what's good for a defense is if you can keep them under 40% on third down. 50% is not the standard. Um, There are two teams in the NFL right now that have a 50% um, or higher third down conversion rate and there are two defenses in the league that have given up more than that i mean that you're you're talking about if you want your defense to, to, to 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 give up less than 50 you want them to be in the top 30 in the nfl that's not what you want and also if you want your offense to be above 50 you want them to be in the top two in the nfl that's a big ask so those are the numbers jeff now maybe you can adjust them you're welcome all right um that's what that's my gift to you for filling in last week for me for Stat Geek. So thank you. Um, the Steelers give up an average of 21.1 first downs per game, and that's 23rd. I went to do special teams. I could tell you that the Steelers are 27th in yards per punt. That's 44.5. I was very disappointed. I could not do like field goal percentages and things like that nature for a team. They do it for individuals and that doesn't help, especially what you know it hasn't been Chris Boswell all season. He missed the last game, so therefore I didn't have the team stats for that one. Now I want to do something that might make Steeler fans feel a little bit better. I'll 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 I'll, I'll, I'll hit on no first yet. Yeah, let's do this other thing real fast. Let's look at some of the individual statistics real quick for the Steelers. At the midway point, all right. So where are they? Who leads the Steelers? Let's say in receiving, in receiving yards. It go Deontay Johnson three seventy two, Pat Firma three sixty seven, George Pickens three thirty eight. I still got to count him because he has the yards. Chase Claypool three eleven. Got to remember Chase Claypool; he was fourth on the Steelers in receiving yards. Um, then you had Najee Harris at one twelve. Nobody else hit triple digits. Zach Gentry's close with 92. Jalen Warren's close with, with 88. Connor Hayward's next with 67. I mean, Steven Sims, who's supposed to now be the Steelers slot receiver. How about negative one receiving yards so far? The Steelers are going to have to step up and do something there. All right, when it comes to rushing yards, Najee Harris is your leader, but only 361 yards. He only has an average of 3.3 3 yards per carry. Jalen Warren has 153 yards. He averages 5.3 yards per carry. I'm not saying that they should they should replace him. I'm just saying you might want to think about your division of labor there. Uh when it comes to um passing, Kenny Pickett has the most yards. I mean, both guys have four games started. Kenny Pickett has 962 yards to Mitch Trubisky's 797. And you think about it, both of these guys have played the equivalent of four games. Uh Kenny played half of one of Mitch's starts, and Mitch played basically half of one of Kenny's starts. All right. Mitch Trubisky has three touchdowns. Kenny Pickett only has two. Mitch Trubisky has two interceptions. Kenny Pickett has eight. That's something to remember. But Kenny Pickett also has the two rushing touchdowns as well. Got to throw that in there. Because Kenny Pickett, I I should say this, he has 98 yards rushing so far this year. Um, If he didn't have any kneel downs, I think he hasn't. No, I don't know. Did Mitch, does Kenny have a kneel down in there? Because I know Mitch had him at the end of the, of the Tampa game. I, I, I don't know. Um, I'd have to go back and check that. That's interesting. So that's, that's some of the offensive stats. Uh, defensive stats. Uh, Alex Highsmith is the only player on the Steelers to force more than one fumble. He's forced two. They only have four forced fumbles in the season. Cam Hayward has one. Arthur Millet has one. Leading the Steelers in tackling is Miles Jack with 72. Um, way ahead of Micah Fitzpatrick at 45. Devin Bush, 44. Terrell Edmonds, 32. Um, then you got got Highsmith and and Cam Hayward tied with 31. This is, like I said before, according to to pro football reference. Uh, Tackles for loss. The leader there is Alex Highsmith with seven, followed by Cam Hayward with five, and then Chris Wormley and T.J. Watt for three. In one game, T.J. Watt has that. Uh, Quarterback hits is Alex Highsmith with nine, followed by Cam Hayward and Larry O. Each with seven. Uh, Sacks. Highsmith is six and a half. That right now has him, I think, sixth in the NFL is what that ultimately is at this point of the season. He's got six and a half. Man, three of them was in week one. Cam Hayward's got three. That's the only ones that have more than one. So T.J. Watt is tied for third playing in one game when it comes to to sacks. Interceptions, Minka Fitzpatrick, three. Cam Sutton, two. A bunch of people have one, including, not a bunch of people, Akella Witherspoon, Levi Wallace, and... T.J. Watt has an interception. He had one in the first game. Passes defensed. Uh, Cam Sutton is, is leading with eight. Micah Fitzpatrick has six. Levi Wallace, four. And um, Then there's a bunch of people with three. Um, I think that pretty much does goes with those. So we're almost out of time, so I have to hit you up with this last thing that I have here. Let's look at this when it comes to the Steelers' first eight games. I went through and looked at the teams that the, that the, that the Steelers have played. The teams that the Steelers have played are a combined 37 and 25 right now. That is a that is a 59.7% winning percentage. I saw somewhere, I can wish I know Dale Lolly shared it. I'm not sure what what company he had that from where he shared this stat. The Steelers had that's the hardest schedule of any any team so far this year. That's the highest winners percentage of their opponents. Um was what the Steelers faced. They faced four teams with winning records, two teams that are at 500, meaning their records right now, and two teams that have losing records that were both three and five, and that was the Browns and and the Buccaneers. If you look at the next nine games for the Steelers, so of course I had to take Baltimore and had to double them because they still play them twice. Those teams at this point right now, their record while the Steelers are on by, 31, 39, and 1. That's a 43.7 winning percentage. So the Steelers have a much different schedule in the second half. They only have two matchups against a team that currently has a winning record. You heard me. Two matchups against a team that currently has a winning record. Both of those matchups are the Baltimore Ravens. The Steelers have two matchups with teams that are at 500 right now. One is the Cincinnati Bengals and the other is the Atlanta Falcons. Okay. And then they have five matchups against teams that currently have losing records. So is there a chance for the Steelers to, to play better, get better and actually get some wins in the second half of the season? Yes, there is. Remember that Steelers fans, this is a, this is, A much better stretch, which I think could be really great for a rookie quarterback to kind of find his groove. I know a lot of people are saying, oh, should they have made him run that gauntlet early? That's that's a good question. You want to find some silver lining in, in Kenny Pickett having some of these rough games under his belt? Guess what? His first few starts, if they were going to be rough, they were against the worst possible matchups that the Steelers have had. Not all of them, but I mean, meaning the the rougher part of their schedule. So now, hopefully, as Kenny Pickett, you know, gets more confidence and it can improve, it's also going to be against competition that might not be at the same level as what the Steelers have faced. So... Something to look forward to. Trying to give you some silver lining. Hey, make sure you're checking out our podcast. We are still coming at you strong through the bye week, then rolling right into next week as the Steelers get ready to take on the New Orleans Saints at Acrisure Stadium. Uh, looks like that'll be my first trip to Acrisure Stadium. Um, that uh, I'm I'm actually right as of right now I'm supposed to be at that game and I'm excited about it. So um, also make sure you're checking out the website. We're still bringing the content as well. So went over a little bit. I hope you enjoyed those numbers. Next week we will get back into breaking down the matchup for the Steelers taking on the Saints. Looking at some maybe some other numbers within there um, and whatever else I can come up with between now and then. So thanks for joining me. And as I always say to finish these off, thanks for geeking out with me.